Hey, this is Rachel Ball from Skid Row, and you're listening to Sonic Perspective. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another interview of Sonic Perspectives. I'm Rodrigo, and today I'm talking to the bass player of Skid Row, Mr. Rachel Boland. Rachel, how are you today, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm here in Toronto, hence the cold, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cold up there. <laughs> it's still cold. It's still cold. Spring, just, you know, in the calendar, but weather-wise, it's still not that great. But Yeah, I'm calling from Las Vegas. It is not cold here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, well, great to talk to you at such a happy moment for the band. I mean, the residency in Las Vegas with the Scorpions has just started. Uh, how did the first shows go? They went great. They, they went so well. Um, I wish we had more shows in the schedule because it, it's pretty, there's a lot of space in between the shows. But mm -hmm. they went so well that, uh, you know, we just want to get back at it and do it every night if we could. Awesome. And I saw a few videos and it seems that Eric, uh, the new singer, fit in like a glove. I mean, how did you guys end up selecting him? He did. He just, it, everything fell into place seamlessly. You know, it, um, mm -hmm. he was, he, he, we met Eric years ago, I think like in 2019, we had mm -hmm. toured together. He, he was in a band heat out of Sweden and, um, they, uh, they were opening for Skid Row and, you know, we just, uh, we, we heard him sing from the dressing room and right. just kept a mental, I kept a mental note of maybe a, uh, you know, a side project or something in our downtime. Mm -hmm. And as things went around, we saw him demo, uh, a, you know, make a record 18 in life on his YouTube channel. And he yeah. did a fantastic job and just, uh, you know, just things happened within the band that we found ourselves needing a singer. And mm -hmm. the, our first call was Eric and it just, everything just worked out and fell into place so perfectly that uh, it, it's still kind of unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw him do Dreams by Van Halen and a few other covers on YouTube. He's yeah. incredible. He seems yeah. generally happy to be with the band too, right? He, he is. And we're happy that, that he's in the band and just the way everything happened um, so quickly He's, uh, we're actually, I'm calling from the studio. That's why okay. here you see bottles of cleaning solution in the background. <laughs> I'm in a storeroom that doesn't have, have any noise. In it. So, um, yeah, we're at the studio today and he's, he's putting the final touches on the vocals for the new album. So mm -hmm. by, by the end of today, the album will be done being recorded. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and we're uh, very, very excited. Awesome. Was the whole album written with him in mind or with him participating or is he no. like replacing the vocals? Yeah, uh, he, he replaced a, a lot of the vocals. There, there were guide vocals uh, there there, and we just sent them stuff. Uh, well, he, he recorded remotely in Sweden mm -hmm. and we've obviously never done anything like this before, but we kept on Zoom just like this. And he's like, well, what about this part? What about this? And Snake and I would would give our feedback and then he'd send it to Nick Rescue Linux, our producer. And Nick would say, here, change this, do this, do this. And um, it all just worked out and he got it done really quickly. And, uh, you know, like I said, everything has been seamless. Just the whole transition has been seamless. And the album, like I said, will be done today. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. And uh, well, the album has already been announced and the title track has been revealed, The Gangs Are Here. 
what can you tell me about the music direction? Um, it's just like Gangs All Here. You know, a, a lot of people mm -hmm. that have heard every song have said that this album kind of bridges the gap between our debut and Slave to the Grind, that it reminds okay. them why they love Skid Row in the first place. And, and uh, that's what Eric said when we first sent them some stuff to sing on. He goes, these songs are what made me fall in love with the band, you know, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. And, and uh, you know, that that's the way that the whole album is, is the, the general vibe of the album is um, some songs are heavier. Some songs are, are more like, you know, sleazy or whatever that we did. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, but it, uh, it really encompasses what, what Skid Row is all about. Yeah. And uh, looking at the albums that Nick produced, uh, I think it's fair to say he's great at capturing the essence of the bands he works with. Uh, I did catch a vibe of the new track that reminded me of the debut album of Skid Row. Am I right in saying that? Or Absolutely. He, yeah. um, he, he really is responsible for bringing our, bringing us back to our roots, you know, because being mm -hmm. within the band and, and, you know, there was a lot of life between that life experiences between that first album and now, and I mean, you know, we're, we're, we were 22 and 23 when we started, when we recorded the first record and now, you know, we're in our late fifties. <laughs> so there's a lot, a lot of different perspectives in there. Nick brought us back to the way we used to think and the way we would approach songs. And it was, um, it was, it, it was such a great experience to be able to do that because sometimes you get really far away from your roots so yeah. far away that that you don't even realize it and he 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 made sure we went back there and, and told us he'd say many times man you got you got you got to be more skid row it sounds like you're <laughs> afraid to be skid row so it, uh, and and that's what he did he brought that out of us yeah and you worked with uh, michael wagner and bob rock in the mid 90s how would you compare nick to these other producers if you uh, um nick is he's he's a um he's a creative force, uh, mm -hmm. as well as a producer. He, um, he does exactly what a producer is supposed to do. Tell you what's good, tell you what's bad, try this part, try that. But his ideas that he throws at you that, uh, you know, it made me feel, made me feel like I'm a better bass player because of it. And the other guys say the same thing, the way he pushes you to do stuff, And just his ideas alone, his musical ideas for just the most minute little thing, like here, hit the hi-hat here, but not that mm -hmm. hard. And, you know, stuff like that. We've never worked with a guy like that before. Okay. And it, it, um, it, it, it made us, I, I think it made us better musicians. Right. I saw a Rush documentary of uh, one of their albums where he was challenging Neil Peart to change his drum parts. And I was like, man, if a guy can challenge Neil Peart to improve his drum parts, he can do anything, right? So uh, there you go. <laughs> absolutely, man. Uh, yeah. He has told stories. He's like, I'm not saying anything different to you guys that I didn't uh -huh. say to Rush. And we're okay. all like, really? <laughs> okay, <laughs> man, you got big ones, dude. <laughs> awesome. And well, I like how the bass is loud in the mix on the gangs out here. I mean, is that is it like that in every song of the album or not? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the bass driven songs, you know, and, and that's okay. uh, that, that's part of a, a uh, you know, a production thing where producer knows what is driving the song, whether it's a guitar riff or a bass riff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it just works out. It, it, and, and, you know, Nick, Nick is is really uh, keen to, to, you know, what what's supposed to be what.
Right. And uh, well, is it going to be part of the United War Rebellion series, the new album? I mean, how does it relate to the other? Two? Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. We're just okay. the, the, this is something new. You know, that may be down the road somewhere. But this is this is something new. We're doing a full a full length album. Uh, and it's the first time we've done that in a long time. But th this is just the new a new birth and a new era of Skid Row. Mm -hmm. And speaking of, you know, the most recent tour, the previous tour that we did, uh, you celebrated 30 years of Slave to the Grind and performed the album in full. What was it like to revisit that era of the band? I mean, that was the height of your uh, your exposure to MTV and everything, right? Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. We only did a few shows, uh, mm -hmm. a, a few choice markets, and it was fun eh? because there's a lot of songs that we don't do in the set that we haven't done. I mean, I think there may have been a song that we never did at all you know okay. but uh it was fun it was fun to go through it and do it and see the reaction on people's faces and mm -hmm. uh just getting in a room and trying to remember the parts that we played was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> i bet that was challenging for sure yeah 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 without doubt and speaking of memories i have a book like of you guys playing donington in 92 opening Ooh. for iron maiden that must have been like the biggest show you've ever done right um, it wasn't the biggest show we've ever done, but it was, it was definitely something that I'll remember forever, just being like a, a Maiden fan, you know, and, and knowing uh -huh. that uh, those, those guys were coming on a, a couple hours after us was pretty damn cool. Yeah. You played, uh, did you play Children of the Damned on that show? I don't think so. I don't remember, but uh, you did used to play that song, right? Uh, no, I think uh, Snake used to mess around with it during sound check <laughs> and whatnot, but uh, no, we never actually played a whole Iron Maiden song. Okay. And uh, out of all the albums, I think Subhuman Race uh, was one I thought I could have had a better look. I think the industry was changing at that time with grunge coming up and, you know, the band even broke up at that time. Mm -hmm. What can you tell us about that period of the band? Was it frustrating in a sense or? Well, it, it was kind of like the end was near. We knew mm -hmm. it. And uh, it just it just happened. And the, the album kind of showed it was a, a different producer, a different way of thinking. And it was a different musical climate and and just all those things. And, and, you know, things weren't good in the band. So all those things combined, it just it was lethal. Yeah, I think I saw that tour actually in Rio. You guys opened for it was you guys are made in Motorhead. But the yeah. crowd was ruthless. You, I think that was one of the ruthless. last shows of yeah, Sebastian. That, right? After that, we all got <laughs> off the airplane and went our separate ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was sad because I wanted to hear you guys play, but you know the crowd wouldn't let you. But uh, it, it was yeah, it was bad, and, and it's not. I had mentioned that before we even left. I'm like, we're mm. gonna get killed on this. <laughs> we're gonna get killed on this bill, and we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think the Brazilian crowd is not that. Uh, that forgiving when it comes to mixing styles I, maybe that yeah. has changed through time but back yeah. then certainly not yeah i know i we, i knew it was a mistake before we even got on that plane <laughs> <laughs> uh well and i think uh well hard rock had a rough time in the mid-90s with the grunge you know rising up and it seemed to kind of implode overnight but uh do you think grunge was to blame or were some bands starting to sound too generic at the time i mean and man, a lot of these I, bands spend a lot of time in the hairdressers and not too much in the, in the rehearsal room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, when, a, when a, a musical, like a genre becomes just a, a, a point of sale, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, that, that's kind of the beginning of the end for the genre when, it, when they, because they'll sign a million bands that kind of sound like a band and then it just yeah. dilutes everything. So yeah. that, that's what was kind of happening when uh, right around when grunge came out. And then when grunge came out, 
it was it was the next big thing and then it happened to them too you know what i mean yeah every every band that kind of resembled nirvana got signed yeah and they were nowhere near as good as nirvana so it it dilutes the market and eventually just poisons it you know yeah yeah, I, I think same thing happened uh, 10 years before with, uh, you know, Prague kind of, you know, losing to itself the whole game and punk uh-huh. rising up and new wave and so on. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how the industry works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad well, we're, we're still able to tour and make records and now just get uh, with Eric now in the band so much positive attention on Skid Row for yeah. you know being around as long as we have and coming out of the era and genre that we did you know it's it's a pretty good feeling man yeah well it seems that he's he's feeling like a glove and he's happy to be in the band i guess that makes yeah. a difference too right the environment in the band is is great absolutely so yeah absolutely man yeah i mean there's a glamorized view about uh, tensions in the band resulting in great music like mick jagger and keith richards david Lee Roth and eddie van halen i guess that's just a myth right at the um, end of the day <laughs> well Maybe. I mean, every situation is different, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, people are different in each band. I mean, there, there's similarities with situations, but everyone has it different, you know? Right. So I, I can't speak for anyone other than us. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I think it was Sammy Hager who said that, you know, there's this glamorized version, but when he and Eddie were butting heads and it was horrible in the studio, they did that violence album, but it didn't work out. But anyway, yeah. moving on. Yeah. And I think, uh, well, changing the subject a little bit, I noticed you guys were selling a coffee called Slave to the Grind. Is that mm-hmm. still available? I believe so, yeah. I believe so. Mm-hmm. I think they're selling it at our show. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. I saw someone walking around with a bag of it, so. Yeah. <laughs> cool. You're doing the Dirty Rocker Soap as well, right? What, mm-hmm. is, what does that entail? Uh, it's just an idea I had for years, but was mm-hmm. never able to pull the trigger on it. And it, mm-hmm. just, it just came up. A friend of mine, she makes soap and sells it, and... I was like, man, that's one thing that I have not seen any band or artist sell. And it's soap. And <laughs> I was like, and so I had this idea and I got the name, the trademarks on the names over time and whatever. And then COVID hit. So I was like, well, mm. no better time than now. I don't have anything else to do, you know? Yeah. And it started and I did, I honestly thought it was going to last a few months and people were going to get sick of it but now uh um, you know this april will make two years since the company started and it has not shown any signs of slowing down so that's good to hear yeah yeah, Yeah. you know got myself into something i didn't expect but it's good it's fun you know it's another way to be creative and another way to connect with people uh creative people uh Mm -hmm. whether they're fans of the band or not uh just through you know, the culture of soap, which I had no idea there was one, and, and you know, certain ingredients. And it's, it's just cool, man. It's another way to be creative. Yeah. I mean, in this day and age, I think you have to diversify and music is only a part of the equation, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's some musicians that are artists, you know, like Rick yeah. Allen is a, a very talented painter and Paul yeah. Stanley, you know, and, and other guys are writers and, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to stop at music, you know? Yeah, I think uh, it's a sign of the times that you have to be creative with the merch and almost personalize every experience with the fans, right? To yeah, be able to stay like relevant. Yeah, 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 it seems like that. Yeah. And uh, well, before we wrap things up, uh, I was looking at the tour dates and it seems you have a full agenda right up to October with a short break in August. And that's before the album release date. And then you're going to Europe. I saw that the dates were just announced a few, few days ago. Yeah, quite a year we have ahead of you, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. then we go, we we end the whole year in Australia. 
uh-huh. and uh, right before come home right before Christmas. Yeah. So yeah, busy, busy year, man. <laughs> I catching bet. up, yeah. catching up yeah. for some lost time, and yeah. and uh, stuff is already starting to get booked for 2023. So, oh wow, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it, it, the future looks good for Skid Row. Yeah, and I mean, how do you prepare for a tour like that? Do you have to change your diet and maybe like work out a little bit more because it's a grueling schedule, right? Um, you know, you try. It, it's preventive maintenance. You know, you try to take mm-hmm. care of yourself, not hit it too hard because you know some of us like to drink and so and and, you know we just try to you you try to get ahead of it you know the older you get you know what two shots and a beer wouldn't even affect you waking (laughs) up the next morning and now it's like oh you're hungover for two days you know so you just you just try to stay ahead of it and you know we're all pretty health conscious for the most part we like to uh you know, we're not just going to go through a drive through window and stuff our face <laughs> with greasy burgers. You know, try, try to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, gotcha. Well, Rachel, thank you so much, man. I look forward to hearing the new album. Uh, all the best with the tour, the new singer, and I guess I'll see you on the road sometime. All right. Thanks, dude. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Cheers. All right. You as well. We'll see you. Bye. Bye-bye.